Hi, this is WGNO Sports Director Ed Daniels, and welcome to our weekly podcast of the WGNO Sports Zone, where we discuss and opine and report on all things local sports. In the WGNO Sports Zone, it was a holiday, so the Saints gave punter Thomas Morstead the day off. And 91 years after an NFL record was set, Alvin Kamara ties it. It must be the shoes. I, when I had three, I went to uh, Coach Thomas, running, my running back coach. I went to JT, and I was like, man, what's the record? So New Orleans wins the division. Now what else will the Saints win? And Tulane falls in Idaho. But was the season a success? All next in the WGNO Sports Zone. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the WGNO Sports Zone, and Merry Christmas. In the Superdome, the Saints defeated the injury-riddled Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC South. Here's the stat of the day, and it wasn't Alvin Kamara's six rushing touchdowns. In an NFL game, the Saints punter Thomas Morstead did not punt. He had the day off. The only time the Saints were stopped is when they stopped themselves with a pair of Drew Brees interceptions. The Saints are NFC South champions again and won their 11th game. If there's a concern, it is the injuries. Both starting guards were inactive Friday, as was Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson. Traquan Smith went on IR this week. Michael Thomas won't play until the playoffs. And linebacker Quan Alexander, according to the NFL Network, is done for the season with a torn Achilles. So the Saints are very good for another year, but are they great? It's the same question we have asked for four years running. We'll see. Let's welcome Richie Mills and get to the highlights. And before we do that, people cannot see under the desk, but you have your green and red shoes on, just like Alvin Kamara today, right? Yeah, if I get fined by the station, I'll probably just donate it to charity or something like that. You know what? I'll chip in a few bucks if you need it. How's that? You mean it? I mean it. How about that? (laughs) Merry Christmas to you. Same to you. So let's start off with the highlights. Here we go. Well, first quarter. Justin Jefferson, we all recognize him in the purple and gold. We'll get to him in a minute. But Alvin Kamara is going to start things off with a 40-yard touchdown run to give the Saints an early 7-0 lead. All right, Minnesota, they're real good offensively. Defensively, they're very leaky, but this guy can do it. Dalvin Cook gets a couple of blocks on the corner, and he's in from 15 yards out. And it's a track meet early game is tied at 7. Who would have ever thought a pass interference call would be called in this game, sir? You see Breeze looking for Sanders. He gets tripped up in the end zone. Flags fly, put the Saints in scoring position. And that set up the second Camara touchdown. So one from 40 and one from one yard out. And it's 14-7 New Orleans. Let's go to the second quarter. Kirk Cousins, he finds Justin Jefferson for 25 yards down inside the five. One of his six catches on the day. All right, that set up Mike Boone, who did a good job right here getting to the pylon. For the score, it's a four-yard run. Saints lead, but it's only 17-14. And just before the half, Alvin Kamara, five yards out, makes it 24-14, his third rushing touchdown of the half. Let's go to the second half now. All right, early third quarter, Drew Brees looking for Sanders. It's intercepted by Minnesota, and they're in the red zone. So the only way the Saints are going to lose this game is if they beat themselves. And at times, they didn't look perfect, but go ahead. 
Well, Irv Smith Jr., you know he capitalizes off the interception, but they respond pretty quickly. Alvin Kamara, his fourth touchdown of the day. It's a six-yard run. That makes it 31-20. Then late in the third, Cousins again finds Irv Smith Jr., someone they just couldn't seem to find in the red zone. Vikings still down, though, 31-27. So two touchdowns for the former Brother Martin Crusader, but Saints pull away. Kamara, his fifth. It's 38-27. to and then he kept running the ball, and then this was a shocker. Taysom Hill, one yard out. You kind of thought Camaro was going to get the call here, but hey, Saints were up by 18 at this point. Little strange. You thought maybe Camaro would get that one. But anyhow, fourth and goal for Minnesota. Cousins to Adam Thielen. They tack on the two-point. They're down 12, but then Camaro again. Yep, one-yard touchdown run. Snow Angels in the end zone to cap off a six-touchdown Christmas Day performance that ties the NFL single-game rushing touchdown record. Saints win 52 to 33. All right, Saints win the NFC South. Camaro, of course, tying the record held by Ernie Nevers since 1929 when he ran for six scores for the Chicago Cardinals. Thanks to a catch and run by rookie tight end Adam Troutman late in the game, Camara had a chance to tie the record. I wasn't really worried about it. I was just like, shoot, this all good. Whatever, we, we right there. I'm second at least. And then Troutman went and caught that ball and uh, Drew gave him a good ball and he he ain't score. I, you know, I was looking for him to score, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, this might be my chance. And Sean was like, go. So, um, you know, I just told the O-line, I was like, get me in there. Let's get it. And we were able to get it. You know, we, we had the celebration planned out, man. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great moment. You know, I wouldn't want to do it with another group. We've gotten on a run there with nine wins in a row and, and had two difficult games where we didn't play maybe as well. We played a real good team last week. Um, and it was good to, to get back uh, – and, and, and kind of get it turned around in the win column. All right. What do you think? We're, we're, we're 15 games in, and I don't know if a whole lot has changed from where we were a year ago when we were 15 games in. We're still saying, hey, are the Saints good enough to get it done, right? Well, the, the IR list was pretty hefty with some pretty, you know, big names, big contributors. on. That's my only concern. The one thing I wanted to see here, which we saw in the beginning of Kansas City's game, is Breeze settled down a little bit, and I think by running the ball consistently, they were able to do that. They opened up some simpler throws from the interceptions. They happened, one his fault, one not his fault. But I think that what I wanted to see out of this game the most, as opposed to a year ago, is I wanted to see a healthier team, which we really don't have, and then I wanted to see him really consistently throw the ball, get his accuracy back, and just get comfortable. Well, I think there's a lot to be said for that. The one thing I would say about the whole thing is this. Right now with the injuries, the Saints are good enough to win in the playoffs. But I think they have to get healthy to have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And there's a big difference from going from that level to this level. And last year, the Saints didn't play well in the playoffs, but they were a beat-up football team. And I think that is still the thing that concerns everyone. And I, that's why I say I don't think after week 16 a year ago, we're right back almost at the same place we are today because if the Saints beat Carolina on Sunday, well, they're going to be a 12-win team. Last year, they were a 13-win team with injuries. Mm -hmm. And you will need Michael Thomas to win playoff games. You will need a guy like Quan Alexander, but he won't be there. So th there's no telling, especially with the quarterback situation. If other teams moving forward, what's going to happen? And James Hurst, of course, starting at left guard today. You need a healthy offensive line as well. You need Nick Easton, and you need Andrus Pete. Guests of the WGNO Sports Zone, Edith Atsamore's Pizzeria, West Metairie and Clearview. Now open for lunch Tuesday through Sunday at 11 a.m. Seafood, salads, pasta, the best pizza in town. Try the deep dish Chicago style. 
That's Amore's Pizzeria. The food terrific customers truly are treated like family. Coming up, Miami heats up from the three-point line and defeats New Orleans. But what's in the Pelicans' plan that should help big time? And Tulane's hopes of another bowl win are sacked. But does the season get a thumbs up? All next in the WGNO Sports Zone. Welcome back to the WGNO Sports Zone. Well, it was a very impressive debut for Stan Van Gundy's Pelicans team. And while Toronto was an opening day test for sure, the real test would come on Christmas Day against the reigning Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. Heat are going to start this one off on fire. Early in transition, Duncan Robinson, wing three wide open, drops one of his six first half threes. And then something you don't want to see off of Pelicans turnover, Goran Dragic, beautiful spin move to the cup. Heat up by 20 in the first half. Late second, Pelicans come alive. Zion Williamson, foul, layup is good. That cuts the lead to 10. Third quarter, a little bit more of Zion Williamson again, up and under, layup is good, fouled again, 15 free throws he shot in this game, and he finished with 32 points, 14 rebounds, lead still at 13. Brandon Ingram comes alive, contested layup goes, he's fouled as well, and then closing seconds of the third, Ingram cuts the deficit to single digits with a pull-up three, he had 28. He and Zion combined for 60, the rest of the backcourt a no-show for the majority of the night, but the Heat pull away in the fourth and win 111 to 98. We had a tough night shooting the ball. Our three guards were five for 25. So um, it was a, it was a rough night. No question about that. But look, those kind of things happen. I'm not, I'm not worried about that um, with guys. We have to start taking care of the ball and we have to start running back on defense consistently. Um, those are just two things we should be able to take care of. Um, and I got to do a better job with my rotation and a better job with our offense and even our defense in the first half. We had too much confusion. When you have confusion on the floor, you got to take that as a coach. Sir, you asked me earlier, you said, what, do you, what is your impression of the Pelicans, Stan Van Gundy, job he's doing right now? I said it's too soon, and I think when he mentioned the rotation, I think he's one rotation change away from actually making this a very competitive ball club. They're starting Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball together right now. Mm -hmm. Eric Bledsoe shot phenomenal, lights out in that first game. But I think if you move him to the bench, you move J.J. to the starting rotation, you get a consistent shooter who starts off the game on fire. I think you have your rotational piece right there, and I think that's something you can move with moving forward. Well, here's the thing that I like about the Pelicans. They, they, they beat Toronto. They gave up 99 points. Miami shot the ball well. They gave up 111. Miami shot 50% from the game and 43 and changed from three-point line. That's good. So the thing that I like is that Stan Van Gundy is harping on the things that I, are, I think are important. Defense and rebounding. And I didn't see that enough from the Pelicans last year. They didn't shoot the ball well. They didn't win. And I think there's going to be a point in this season when they don't shoot the ball well and they do win. And that's what good teams do. And Steven Adams, even though he's not a stocking stuffer as far as the, the, the score sheet, all right, his presence and his leadership and his ability to make people at least think about taking the ball to the basket against the Pelicans is a good thing. You took the words and, right out of And <laughs> I like that trade a lot because I think he's exactly what New Orleans needed, a true center. And to all the people in the NBA who say you don't need a true center anymore, I say, bah humbug. Back with more after this.
Despite a loss to Nevada in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl and a 6-6 finish on the 2020 season, Gus Kattengill with the Sports Hangover 100.3 FM tells our Ed Daniels why the Green Wave and their fan base have a lot to look forward to in the near future. Delighted to be joined now by our friend Gus Kattengill from the Sports Hangover. Hello, my friend. How are you? Great. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Doing well. Good. Family's doing good. They're still happy with yeah, I'm you? I'm sorry. When you said Merry Christmas, I was thinking, what can Santa bring my Cubs, you know, for <laughs> next year? No. Not Kyle Schwarber, obviously. <laughs> no, not at all. You know what? I had, I had a dream the other night. He was in a Cardinal uniform. In was he? And I wow. just thought, you know what? This is going to be a good Christmas if that maybe, happens. Maybe he'll catch a fly ball for you. He will. If he comes to St. Louis, he'll automatically do better defensively. Gold glove outfield. Gold glove. Let's not get carried away. All right. We always talk baseball, but of course we're here to talk Tulane football. Lost to Nevada in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And you wonder, or do you, is the season a success? What do you think? Man, that's a tough question, right? Uh, I, I guess you, we would start with the positive that it was successful that you did go to another bowl. It was successful that I think you start from this standpoint. I think you found a quarterback. Now, I know yesterday there was three interceptions. Right. We can go into reasons with that. You know, Kleber getting injured, two offensive linemen uh, with COVID. You, you didn't have a receiver that you depended on throughout the season as well. That was basically a shell of the offense that you had. Oh, by the way, you haven't played really many games with your brand-new offensive coordinator, right. even though there's some similarities with the one that is now the head coach over at Southern Miss. So I think when you take a look at it, it was probably tough a little bit from that aspect, but I think I'm, I'm going success in that you found a quarterback, I think, of the future. You found somebody you can build and probably recruit receivers that way. Tajay Spears hopefully comes back next year. You saw what missing him was kind of big for Tulane. So I think it's successful from that standpoint, and I think it's successful that – people viewed your program enough to hire away a coordinator to become a head coach. So success from that standpoint. Will Hall is going to be a tough guy to replace though, right? He, he is. And look, I think when you saw at the end of that game, before he accepted a job to Southern Miss, the hug and the embrace that you saw. Sure, in the Gatorade bath. Yeah, exactly. And, and you feel that. But look, I, I think in today's college football, if you can find a coach that can put you in a position to win, and especially when you have a quarterback that has shown the ability to learn, I think it can help. All right. In the 38-27 loss to Nevada in the bowl game, head coach Willie Fritz lamented the loss of several players. At least two offensive linemen were out with COVID issues, and Tulane played without bookends, Patrick Johnson and Cam Sample, two outstanding pass rushers. And the wave was woefully depleted at wide receiver. Here's Willie Fritz after the game. You know, uh, hindsight's 2020. You know, I got a coordinator who's working his first game. Then we got a bunch of receivers out. You know, uh, Tyreek James is out. Jaquan Jackson's out. Uh, uh, Deuce didn't make the trip. Uh, you know, we got guys playing different spots. It was just, uh, I think at the end of the game, I, I know we had 19 guys that, that uh, did not play this ball game. Uh, and shoot, we were probably at a 25-26 at the end of the game. They all kind of went to the same position. I know one of the things I did, Gus, was as I'm watching the game, I woefully yeah. under-respected the fact that they had so many players missing. I didn't figure that enough into what I thought was going to happen in the game. And I think a lot of people overlooked that. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's interesting. Obviously, we look on the weekends and on Sundays, we see what just took place 
this past weekend. And Saints beat up. I, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, when you go there and you look at it, and they're professionals. I mean, they'll, they'll understand And that. they couldn't overcome it, although they tried like heck yeah. and gave a great effort. No, exactly. I mean, but look, little Jordan Humphreys catching touchdown passes. But exactly. you saw miscommunication with Drew Brees and, and the tight end over there. So you had that in college. And look, it, it's just a different ball game and area. So, so I was saying, you're, you're placing two coordinators into that game in a short amount of time and you can represent all you want in practice but you and I kind of know each other from a couple of years are you kind of know where we're going to go with certain things that's a, that's so hard to recreate in a short amount of time and then be successful when you miss those players and the key players you're talking about those bookings on defense that's your pass rush that's run stop that's leadership that's all those different yeah. things that you try to overcome all right let's get three quick topics in here real quick this Tulane need to get better at corner. I think that's obvious, right? I think it's one of the reasons they went the direction they did, Willie Fritz did, with Chris Hampton at defensive coordinator. When he was here at Tulane, that's secondary, exactly right. And look, Tulane has had a history on the defensive backfield of having guys being looked at, if not playing in the NFL. This secondary this year didn't have that. All right, Michael Pratt, how big a ceiling? I think, I, I legitimately think he'll get a look at for the next level, to be honest with you. He made some throws this year. I go back to the UCF game. SMU where he faced a couple of quarterbacks that are going to be looked at at the next level and I thought he went toe-to-toe with him that's legit he made some key throws I think here's what I'm worried about though he he showed some leadership but he takes so many shots yeah I think the guy took too many hits this year and I wish he'd be a little more judicious about that moving forward do you agree I think that comes Ed I agree with you and I think that comes from maybe the feeling of having to make plays right and I think maybe getting Tajay Spears back guys and look this is a key thing I'm not being ugly receivers that can catch the football. If you don't feel like you need to make the play and just get the ball to certain players, I mean, that's right. why Oklahoma, some of these big passing games, teams are going to play next year, uh, SMU, UCF. The quarterback just gets rid of the football, and they have playmakers. That's where Tulane needs to help themselves. Okay, got to get better on the edges. 2021 schedule, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that game's going to be played. At Ole Miss, at SMU, at Memphis, at UCF. Looks like a very, very challenging slate. The AAC is actually a really tough schedule. It's a really tough lead when you look at it, but also the teams that you just mentioned, Air Raid. So you mentioned to me the number one thing we can talk about offense and probably you got to score. But if Tulane's defense can't slow down opponents, you're not going to stop people in college football, I think, right now. Have to slow them down. You can't do that. I don't know if Tulane can even recruit a team where you're going to go toe-to-toe and put up 45, 50 points a game. I just don't know if they can do that. Thank you, my friend, as always. I look forward to the baseball season, college and yeah. pro, don't well, you? Hey, 21, 2021 can't be worse than 2020, can it? Yeah, I know a lot of us feel that way. We'll be happy on New Year's Eve when we can say goodbye to this year. Thank sure, you, my man. friend, as always. Always a pleasure. Appreciate the insights from Gus. Back with more after this. Our thanks to Rich for a stupendous job tonight. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Don't get too emotional. Want to remind you, Monday night, special edition of Friday Night Football presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl. Noah 38 at 11, WGNO at midnight. Have a great night.